It's been almost two decades since we started our journey to educate and help you take action so you may better manage your financial future. Our goal is to help you accomplish your life's purpose. This podcast reveals financial tips, strategies, and insights that will help you to set your financial goals and guide you along the way. This is Managing Your Financial Future, brought to you by the advisors at Lucia Capital Group. Well, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Cotter. <laughs> Why did I Don't say that? There. Don't go there. Oh, man. Did you ever watch that show just back in the 70s? Yeah. I hated it. I, I knew people that loved it, and I tried watching it once. I was like 13, and I, I just hated that show. I didn't hate it, didn't like it. I didn't go out of my way, but if, you know, well, it bothered, else, I might it, have it bothered me that they didn't seem to care about it. He was the worst teacher in the world. And nobody seemed to care that you know, a bunch of these guys never did any work. Anyway, all right. So uh, welcome back, uh, Professor. Another episode, Managing Your Financial Future. I'm Johnny Dean, moderator here, not the advisor. The advisor is played by Professor Rick Plum, this guy talking, <laughs> the other guy talking, certified financial planner professional. Well, I want to make sure, I, I, I want to be clear. I want to be clear what our rules are. You know, I've been hanging out with you for so long, but, uh, but, but you're the advisor and I'm the moderator here. Uh, you're the certified financial planner professional. I like to tag that on leaving the ranks of amateurs far behind uh well hello i'll just say hello, hello. plum yes nice nice to have you here um <laughs> y- you know one of the things that we like to do on this program i've said this a couple of times on this podcast is to help you learn about different components of finance i enjoy i, I enjoy learning and i think you enjoy teaching professor plum and this is what we like to do we talked a while back about financial tools this was, I think, last season. We talked about how uh, different financial products are designed in such a way as to get a particular job done. Now, whether they get that job done or not is, is you know, variable. There are variable factors in that. But much like the tools, I think, in your garage or your garden shed or whatever, they're designed to get a job done. Now, we've we've talked about this kind of stuff in the past with other financial instruments. If I recall correctly, we've talked about annuities, um, lifetime income. Uh, also, uh, long-term care insurance, I think, maybe some reasons to consider it with these. We, we've talked about these relatively new linked benefit policies. And I want to do the same thing today, sort of educating folks uh, with, with a common thing, but I think is misunderstood. And that's life insurance, because life insurance, it's, it's just one of those things that people either, I think, love or hate. You know, they love it when they need it, but they, they, they <laughs> seem to hate to buy it in some circumstances. Well, I've had that question with a lot of people. It's like, uh, yeah, they, unfortunately, a lot of people realize they do need life insurance for certain reasons, primarily to replace the financial earnings of a loved one who unfortunately dies way too early, especially to cover a younger person, family member or family uh, uh, father, mother, where they haven't had the opportunity to build up a big nest egg of yes. other assets to provide for ongoing family uh, commitments. So we, we understand that we need life insurance when it comes down to how much we need. You know, if it didn't cost anything, everybody would be buying millions of dollars worth of it. <laughs> but when it comes down to actually paying for it, people get a little bit um, tighter with the funds, shall we say? Well, um, yeah, they do. And, and the, the old cliche of the, you know, pushy insurance sales salesman or woman or whatever yeah. who's coming to your house and, you know, forcing you, grabbing you by, grabbing you by the lapel and pushing you against the wall and telling you you need more. I, I, I'm sure that may exist somewhere, but our, our point is to try to at least explain it and you can make your own decisions about it. Uh, the two types that are really available to people 
are what they call cash value life insurance policy and the more common type, which would be the term policy. Now, sometimes we throw these terms <laughs> like term around and, and people may not understand. So j- just very quickly explain, if you would, the difference between what they call cash value and, and term insurance. Well, term insurance is like your other, like other liability insurance you have, like your homeowner's insurance, your auto insurance. You pay a premium, and if something bad happens, you die. Uh, during the period that you've paid for, the insurance pays off. If the bad event does not happen, you don't get any money back. You, just, you, you paid for the coverage, and that's it. Uh, term insurance is designed for shorter-than-lifetime needs of insurance. Uh, young families, they don't need life insurance for their in, until they're 100 years old. They need money to pay for the surviving spouse, the kids, and things of that nature, but their insurance needs change over time. And at, once they get to age 60, 70, maybe they've had the opportunity to build a nest egg, build other assets, build their pension up, and at that point, they don't need as much or any, depending upon how they've structured their life, life insurance at that point because there's nobody that is financially dependent on them anymore. Uh, there are other needs for insurance that do last for as long as you last, whether it's you know a month or the next 80 years. And you need to have that coverage in place regardless of how old you are when you die. And the way to do that in most cases is to have a cash value policy that helps build up cash to help pay for the premiums in later years when the actual cost of insurance goes way up. Why does the actual cost of insurance go way up? Well, because when you're 20 years old, the odds of you dying in the next year is relatively small. And so the cost to, you know, to pay to cover that insurance is not all that great. The cost, you know, an 80 year old though, has a much higher chance of passing away in the next year just because they're 80. And so the cost of insurance for that year is significantly higher. Now, if I've already got a bunch of cash in the policy that's covering up and earning money and helping me pay for it, I can somewhat temper that ongoing rising cost of insurance uh, because the odds are against you when you, you know, when you get into your 80s, 90s and above. Uh, so it's, you know, well, it's how, all how, does that, how do we pay for it? How, how does that work, though? When you said you use the cash in it to help uh, lower well, the, the cost. The original, the original design of cash value, which was whole life insurance. Cash value has several different categories, subcategories. Uh, there is whole life insurance, which has guarantees. We have, we have universal life, which does not have guarantees, but usually pays a little bit different interest rate. We have variable insurance, where the cash value is invested in different types of investments, where it's not just an interest-bearing account. We've got indexed universal, index, you know, where the return is based on an index return on an annual basis. So there's when we're talking about cash value policies, how the cash is invested and what guarantees are actually in, you know, involved make up these different subsets. But they all work about the same way in the fact that the idea is when I'm in my you know, younger ages, you know, the cost of insurance is X. So a cash value policy will say, well, then you need to put in four times X, five times X, some greater number than X. So, you know, just for if the insurance for this year, the cost to pay for the actual death benefit was 500 bucks and I put in $2,500 in very simple forms. That means the insurance company has $2,000 in their account for the future that uh, that's on, on um, basically being invested. Now, if I had $100,000 worth of 
pure insurance, but I now have $2,000 on account, the next year I'm only buying $98,000 of actual protection because I get the 2000 whether I live or die. Okay. So, so now I'm not buying as much protection. So as the more I can get that cash value to grow, the less pure protection I'm buying so that as that cost of insurance goes from 500 bucks a year to $5,000 a year to a significantly higher number as I get very, very old, I'm just not buying as much internal expense because the way it works. Also, if I can get the insur- the cash value to grow to you know, $30,000, $40,000, $50,000, and it's paying me some interest, paying me some earnings, you know, $50,000 may pay, you know, four or five, you know, $1,000 in earnings one year. Well, I can use that to help pay the premium that I, that I, instead of me paying the premium. So it can just hopefully build and help me in the future when the internal cost for that insurance that I'm buying gets really expensive as so, I get older. So the, the, the so that cost- That is a very oversimplified way oh, of yeah. looking at it. Well, yes, uh, all this is simplified just for illustrative purposes. But what you're saying is that the, the, the less the insurance company is on the hook for if you died tomorrow to pay you, <laughs> the, the, and the greater the cash value that's in the policy, uh, right. the lower the internal cost of that policy? In many respects, yes. Now, there are people that will, there's different ways to structure the policy. You can buy a level death benefit, which is what I just explained, or an increasing death benefit, where if I'm buying $100,000 of insurance, at all times, I'm buying 100000 of insurance. And, and so if I have 2000 of cash value, and when I die, I'll get, my heirs will get $102,000 rather than 100000 Okay, and that's uh, a different category. So there's, there's ways to structure it, but that that doesn't de- uh, reduce the internal costs as much that way. So it's a little more expensive. You need to put more money in, so you build up the cash value so the cash value can earn more money to help you pay for the ongoing premiums. So so I guess uh, what you're saying is it really comes down to the down to your goals, once again, as everything else seems to here. Well, it definitely comes about. down to your goals. And the majority of people out there that are looking at insurance probably should be looking at term insurance. But there are people that should be looking for cash value insurance. And then once you get into the idea that, yes, I want to have a policy that lasts for as long as I last for the rest of my life, regardless of how long I live, then we can get into, well, do you want the guarantees of whole life? Do you want the, you know, the, the flexibility of universal life? Do you like the investment options of index or a variable life? You know, then we can get into the subsets there about how you like to invest the actual cash well, value. Well, who, who typically should consider some type of um, cash value policy? People that are in a very high income level, who have maxed out their 401ks, maxed out their savings, have 10 or 15 plus years between now and when they're going to retire, they may want to look at a cash value policy and do what's what I would call overfunding the living heck out of it. Where, you know, if the insurance company says you should be putting in $5,000, put in 25,000 if they'll let you and keep it right up to the level where it maintains its tax benefits, the, what they call the modified endowment contract limit. You put in as much as you can, get that cash to build as much as possible, and you grow that sucker, and it, it becomes like another investment account. And then when you get to retirement, you can turn around, if you've built it up well enough and structured it correctly, you can actually start taking money out of it as a retirement income for you know, lump sum, you know, new car, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, and it's tax-free when it comes out that way, if you do it right. Is it tax-free because you're, in, in essence, maybe borrowing from the insurance? How is it tax-free? Well, yes and no. I mean, a lot of policies with life insurance, you get what's known as FIFO tax treatment. So that means first in, first out. 
first in is your contributions, the money that you have contributed to it. If I've been putting in 10,000 a year for the past 20 years, what's that, $200,000 I put in? That money, so I mean, there's 200,000 in there. If I wanna take it out, that's my money and I can take that out. And then once I've got, you know, if, I, if I've gotten it to grow quite a bit, there's a lot of money in there over and above and all the earnings. Then once I've taken out my own basis number, I can start borrowing against the, the remaining cash value and what happens is that just reduces my death benefit. So if I uh, have a death benefit of $250,000 and I borrow 50,000 against the cash value, it comes out tax-free. And as long as that policy is in force when I die, the $250,000 pays off, but 50 of it goes to pay back the outstanding loan because I owed 50,000 bucks. So and my heirs get 200,000. So you're using your own death benefit while you're alive, which we've in seen, respect, of course, yes, in the that's, in the linked benefit that's policies. The yeah. goal of the of the contract to create another additional tax-free source of money, then we're buying it for the cash value buildup and the potential distribution rather than the death benefit. On the other, so it goes back to what you said earlier. Why are you buying the policy? What is it? What are your goals? Are your goals death benefit only? Then overfunding the living heck out of it isn't what you want to do. You want to pay as little as possible for it. And then that would be a different type of policy, something I, you know, known as a guaranteed UL, uh, which is like a long-term term. You know, so it's kind of a cross between the two different types of insurance. So it's all a matter of what are you trying to accomplish? So people that have very high incomes, have maxed out all their tax deferred savings and things of that nature, want to consider it. People who have pensions, when they are going to have pensions when they retire and are married and they want to look at being able to take the higher life only option when they retire rather than a reduced joint survivor option. They may want to have life insurance in place before they get to retirement so that when they retire, they have options of taking that life only option, something called pension maximization. So looking forward into the future, why are we buying the policy? Are we looking for it to build another source of income? Are we looking for it to replace a pension if I die too soon? And, and so there's different reasons for doing cash value policies. But the majority of people probably aren't going to be looking at that. They're going to be looking at term. So And term stays, you know, you can buy level term. It stays level for 10, 15, 20, 30 years, whatever you, you know, you can buy different policies. Uh, the longer it's guaranteed to be level for, the higher the premium will be at first. And so you want to pick a time period that makes sense for you, uh, you know, 15 years, 20 years, you know, 30 years in some cases. Mm -hmm. But realize that while the insurance policy, they will let you continue that policy for a lot longer than just the 20. Let's say you bought a 20 year term policy. The insurance doesn't go away in 20 years. It's just the guarantee of premium goes away in 20 years. And the next year's premium, that 21st year's premium, is going to skyrocket. Well, wait a minute. So so if I bought a uh, if I bought a term policy, let's say it's a 20-year level term at age 50, I don't know, and I'm paying a certain amount, you know, maybe I'm paying 5000 a year, 4000 I don't know, whatever it is. I'm paying 5000 yeah. a year. And now I'm age 70 and the 20th year is over and the level term is done. The insur You're saying the insurance company... Well, it's company not done. Most of them are not done. Well, the term is done. The insurance company will keep you on the books as long as you pay the ongoing premium. That's what I mean, but the, but the ongoing premium is going to go from your $4,000 a year, whatever you were paying, to maybe forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year. That, that's that's quite an increase. Which means you're not going to keep it. The only people that are going to keep that insurance are somebody who is terminal. 
And the insurance company knows that. That's why they jack the price like that, because they realize you have not shown insurability for 20 years. Well, I, haven't you can go on health-wise for 20 years. Sure. If you are healthy, you can get a new or relatively healthy. You can get a new policy for a lot less money than keeping the current policy. Well, and I so think there are people. I think there are people who have talked about, and I've heard people say this. Where they say, "Yeah, I'll buy you know a twenty-year term policy, and then you know two days later, uh, you know I've I've or two days before it goes, I find out I got six months to live, and you know what's the point of that? So so in essence, you you have a safety valve where you may be able to continue it for a much higher cost, but it still may be worth it. Is that right? Right. Most, yeah, most policies, very few of them actually quit at the end of the guarantee period. Uh, most of them have the ability to continue at a significantly, yes, but let's say it's a $250,000 policy and, you know, six months before the end of the 20 years, you find out that you have 10 months to live. Well, and then and you're going to have to pay 20, 30, $40,000 but if you die and they, you've been told you're going to, your family gets two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. You'll find the forty thousand to put in, so your family gets the two hundred and fifty thousand. Or you should anyway. I or you can try. <laughs> well, okay, so it sounds, and and you said this. There is a subset, a small subset, but a subset of the population that should potentially consider. A, a cash value type of policy, like the one you were just discussing. So, why are some people? I, I would say financial pundits and media personalities more often. Why are they so against anything except term insurance? Uh, probably because cash value policies require a certain discipline. They require a certain a certain um, temperament, and unfortunately, they are missold like crazy. In my personal opinion. Uh, I, I, when I was 20 years old, I was told that that was the greatest savings plan in the world. I think you, when you were 20 years old, bought a universal life policy too. I was 22, most people, yes. <laughs> most people that are sold these policies waste their money on them because they're not the appropriate policy and they fall apart. They don't work right. They're not sold right. They're sold for commission. They're, they're not designed for the purpose that it really needs to be. And they're just not well done. It's not that the policy is a bad policy necessarily. It's just that the reason going back to using a, you know, a hammer to dig a trench, yeah, it, it can work, but it's not the best way to do it. Yeah. Um, so it's just using a tool inappropriately. And I do think that they are in many cases missold. And I've met people that there is no problem a life insurance policy cannot solve. Marital problems, life insurance solves it. You need your car waxed, life insurance solves it. You know, every possible problem in the world can be solved by buying a life insurance policy. You know, no matter what it is, there's you're, no you're, ailment. There's, life insurance is the answer to everything from some salespeople's minds. Yes. Now, uh, you're being cynical just for people who just happen to Oh, I'm say, being very cynical. Say, yes. Uh, that, that I know that there are those that say that putting $6,000 a year into a life insurance policy is a lot better than doing a Roth IRA. I will argue that point too. That is not, I do, and they're saying not for the death benefit, for the future growth. And the, the argument is that if you die too soon, you will your your family will be taken care of, and if you live a long time, the cash value will grow. Well, the cash value won't grow that well, and you could buy term and invest the difference in a Roth IRA. So why would they push the whole life? For one or two reasons. One is they're not licensed to sell anything else, or two. The commission's a lot bigger. 
<laughs> well, and that's been your again. This is where experience counts. You you have seen this, and I, I know you have. You've talked about it with me before. Uh, yeah. That that it, I don't it, see it as much anymore, but I still see it from time to time. Yeah, it seems uh, it, it seems to crop up every once in a while. So I, 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 I seem to see articles I, when I read them online, kind of in bunches over the course of a year, year and a half, where all of a sudden you see all these people saying this type of insurance is the this cash value everybody should have it. And I guess what you're saying, Professor Plum, is know your goals, right? Definitely know your goals, and also. Be wary when people come up with some great idea. I think it was called the Section 172 plan. It's this oh, yeah. know, all, all new, wonderful, wonderful retirement plan. But hush, hush, the IRS, you know, you, you don't want them to get too much wind that people like it. You don't want them to take this away from you. And the whole thing is buying a life insurance policy. Yeah, the one but they, they won't they don't call want it a life insurance policy because of the way they're doing it. Oh man. Yeah. I, I can't remember if that was a code number, but I mean, there are lots of different codes out there. Yeah. Um, but, but it was it was using a the, an IRS code number. It was using number. the IRS code that de- defined what a, a life insurance policy was and calling it a, a retirement plan but without calling it life insurance. That was kind of disingenuous. Years years ago, uh, a lot of people for whatever reason it was rampant in the teacher area they were selling uh policies to teachers as a retirement plan and saying this is such a great retirement plan you have to take a physical to get into it uh, oh well there they should would have been never your... call it a life insurance policy <laughs> hey that should have been the red flag right there well that was in the 90s you're well and things have changed but but it, they've they've haven't always changed for the better. You need to be you need to be aware. I think when buying insurance products or anything really, you have to know what you're getting into. And I, I believe that's your point, Professor. You have to know how it works. You have to keep Used it correctly. They can work to solve certain goals. Potentially. But first you have to have that goal. And you have to be in the right, you know, financial status to be able to do it the right way. Yeah. Well, that's just it. You need to know how it works, what you're getting into. You should keep an eye on it or have your advisor do it. And that's why it is important to have, I think, your financial advisor take a look and see if a particular insurance product or any product really is suitable for you. Just because you hear this stuff, I think, on the air and you hear somebody talking about it or you read an article, who knows, online, it doesn't mean that it's something that is suitable for you. Is life insurance something you need? And if so, how do you decide what type is right for you? Now, my my suggestion to you folks listening is to talk to Professor Plum or any of the Lucia Capital Group advisors about this. And this is a good spot to throw the phone number in because a lot of people <laughs> like to know how to get in touch with us. Although the podcast, they know they can do it at the website, 800-644-1150. That's the off-air number at Lucia Capital Group. They've got offices around the country, but they can do this, uh, meet with you on the phone, Zoom, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, 800-644-1150, the off-air number. Or you can also go to uh, our uh, website, luciacap.com. We thank them for being, by the way, our decades-long partner, I guess, on radio, TV, and now the podcast. Most of the time, people, as you said, just to reiterate, Professor Plum should consider term, but it really comes down, I just want you to, to, to verify this, it comes down to your own financial goals, right? Why are you buying the insurance in the first place? If you're buying it for pure death benefit over a specified period of time, not for your lifetime, term makes a lot of sense. If you're buying insurance for the rest of your life, regardless of how long you live, 
term is probably not the right option. You want a cash value policy. Find out. Find out for sure. Again, 800-644-1150, the number at Lucia Capital Group. You can find out more information on us, too, in the show and all that stuff, podcast at luciacap.com, L-U-C-I-A-C-A-P, luciacap.com. Out of time once again for this week. We appreciate everybody being with us. I'm your moderator, Johnny Dean, and for Professor Rick Plum, our advisor, I thank him for being here. This has been Managing Your Financial Future. We appreciate everyone listening, and we'll talk to you again next time. The information provided should not be considered specific tax, legal, or investment advice, and is not specific to any individual's personal circumstances. To the extent that this material concerns tax matters, it is not intended or written to be used and cannot be used by a taxpayer for the purpose of avoiding penalties that may be imposed by law. Each taxpayer should seek independent advice from a tax professional based on his or her individual circumstances. This material was gathered from sources believed to be reliable. However, its accuracy cannot be guaranteed. No client or prospective client should assume that the presentation or any component thereof serves as the receipt of or a substitute for personalized advice from LCG or from any other investment professional. You should always seek counsel of the appropriate advisor prior to making any investment decision. All investments are subject to risk, including the loss of principal. These materials are provided for general information and educational purposes based upon publicly available information from sources believed to be reliable. We cannot assure the accuracy or completeness of these materials. The information in these materials may change at any time and without notice. Insurance product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company and are subject to their terms and conditions. Insurance products offered through Lucia Insurance Services, LLC, LIS, California Insurance License Number 0H40817. LIS is licensed to offer such insurance products as life, disability, long-term care, and annuities. Variable annuities are long-term investment products designed for retirement purposes. Variable annuities with guarantees are available through optional riders at additional cost. Guarantees are based on the claims-paying ability of the issuer subject to their terms and conditions. Early withdrawals may be subject to surrender penalties and, if taken prior to age 59 and a half, may be subject to an additional 10% federal tax. Annuities are not FDIC-insured. Certain terms and conditions apply, so please read insurance company materials carefully. Before investing, carefully consider a variable annuity's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. To obtain a prospectus or summary prospectus which contains this and other information, call your financial advisor. Read the prospectus carefully before investing. Roth IRA earnings will be taxed at ordinary income rates and a 10% penalty tax will apply if withdrawn prior to age 59 and a half or within five years of the date the Roth IRA was established, whichever is longer. Examples cited are hypothetical, are for illustrative purposes only, are not guaranteed, and subject to potential federal and state law amendments. There is no guarantee that you will achieve the results discussed or illustrated. Rick Plum is a registered representative with and securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and member FINRA SIPC. The investment professionals are affiliated with LPL Financial and are conducting business using the name Lucia Capital Group, a separate entity from LPL Financial.